This is Hannah. This is Rachel. And this is What What I'd Like to Tell People. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Hannah. How was your week? It was good. I was a little sick, but guys, I have my voice back, so that's good. Yeah, a little bit back. Yeah, just a little bit. I went to New York with two of my favorite people from college, Morgan and Caitlin. We were roommates and we used to go every year. So it was really great to catch up because we hadn't been in six years together. Oh, well, that's wonderful. So you're keeping a tradition alive. Well, six years later. Yeah. But we had never, I've been there at Christmas time, but they hadn't. So we got to see the tree at Rockefeller Center. We saw the Rockettes and we got to just do Christmas things and drink hot cocoa as we walked around. So it was fun. Sounds like a good weekend and a good catch up too. Yeah. It's always nice to see my babies. Yeah, ladies. Yeah. Well, Caitlin's my lady now, too. Oh, is she? Yeah, we're now friends. Oh. <laughs> oh. She's my sole roommate. So. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, we were uh, talking about this week about happiness. Yeah, so telling people about happiness with our friend Kristen, and she kind of goes in a few statistics and talking about this other podcast, The Happiness Lab, and it's really interesting, and I hope you guys listen to it. And I've actually, I hadn't listened to it when we recorded this episode, but I have now finished it. It was 10 episodes, and I am a podcast binger, and I drove home to West Virginia after we recorded this, so I listened to all 10 on my drive. Wow. Home and that. Wow. Good for you. I, I will say it. I have not listened to it yet. <laughs> At all. <laughs> At all. But I have started listening to Lord of the Rings again. So wow. there we go. 18 hours left in the first book. And then I have a billion more hours to go. Oh, well, there you go. There we go. So I hope that everybody enjoys this episode. And I hope you find happiness if you are currently not happy. I I think that there is a lot to say about finding your own happiness and not waiting around, and this kind of helps you figure it out a little bit. I agree fully, and I can't wait for you guys to listen. Yeah, so enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. We are here with my friend Kristen, and Rachel just met her, so she'll be her friend. I guess you guys knew each other. Twice. Yeah, and just to let everybody know, Rachel has lost her voice. Yes. Hello. So she even sounds more like a smoker. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we're very excited to interview t- Kristen today. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I can't even breathe when I talk. <laughs> Poor Kristen's like, I don't want to get sick. It's a sinus infection. You want it on my antibiotic? Sinus infection. I trust you. Yeah, sinus infections you can't get sick from, by the way, only with yourself. Right. So therefore, you guys learned something. And they're miserable. So Kristen, do you want to tell everybody what you're telling people about today? Sure. So today I came to talk about the science of well-being. Uh, It's a Yale course taught by Dr. Lori Santos. And then she also has a very popular podcast called The Happiness Lab. Uh, And she teaches you really healthy habits on how to be happier and then also talks a lot about misconceptions about what people usually think makes them happy. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about what I was learning. And you signed up for this course? Yes. Is it 
free or is it cost? It's actually free, which is really cool. Uh, it's through Coursera.com and you just have to give the data that you're putting into the course and they're using that research and they're in turn giving the course for free for people. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, and as a background, Kristen and I have been playing cornhole once a week. We are on a cornhole league and she was telling me about this and I'm not allowed to listen to the podcast until <laughs> after this podcast. So on my way home, so this is being recorded before Thanksgiving and I'm going to be traveling. So I'm going to listen to it on my way home. So hopefully I'll have like a, you know, you'll give me some information and then I'll be able to do it. Yeah, cool. I think you'll definitely like it. I've actually been doing the course and listening to the podcast at the same time. So I'm getting a lot of repeat information. Um, but I think if you are interested in either one, maybe you'll be able to kind of figure out if you want to do the course or just listen to the podcast, depending on how in depth you want to get into it. And how did you find it? That's a good question. So I um, am a big podcast listener. So usually once I finish a podcast, I'll go to like the um, browse section of Apple Podcasts. And this happened to be in like the top 20, I believe, just in like all podcasts. But then it was also listed under um, like another category. I want to say like health and wellness. And so I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. And I've been really, um, you know, kind of going on a journey trying to figure out, like, what what does make you happy? Like, is it your job? Is it your apartment? Is it your friends? You know, um, just kind of on my own. So to hear that there was a podcast, I was kind of laying it all out and telling you exactly what you need to do. I was like, all right, sign me up. <laughs> um, and then after I listened to the first podcast, she did talk about her course. Um, and I know I said it was free, but if you do want a certificate, it costs $49. So. <laughs> and what does the certificate say? Like what, what's the point of the certificate? So if you complete the course, it's just like a certificate saying that you completed it. I'm not sure. Are you on your resume? You could put it on your Are resume. Are you going to get both at once? So I, I, thinking about you it. You might as well right? invested in both of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, I'd be excited to be like putting this on my wall. Yeah, so I'm, I, like, they let you kind of decide at the end whether you want to do it or not, so I'll probably at the end make that decision. Do they send you one, or do you just, is it like I a PDF? You just print it. Like, I don't think you get, like, a Yale, like, credit that, or that anything. That would be really awesome. It would, yeah. it would be awesome. You are taking a course at list. And that is true. true. They should give you at least a credit. And you're yeah. giving them your data. Yes. And your time. That is true. I guess you got to weigh the pros and the cons. Like, if you get it all for free, then your research is their research. But if you want a piece of paper saying you did it, then... I can create you one. I'll create you one saying you did it. For $10. I would do it for free. Gotta have some cut. I'm not gonna do that to her. Just trying to make you some money. Fine. $2. $2. Undercut yourself. It's like, what have you gotten out of the course so far? Yeah, well, I thought it would be kind of fun maybe at first to go through some okay. common misconceptions. So okay. um, one of the things about uh, our minds, at least, is that we never think in absolute. 
So if you ask somebody, do you want $25,000 or do you want $50,000? People will say 50,000. Yeah, exactly. But if you ask those same people, would you want to be making $150,000 when all of your coworkers are making $250,000? Or would you rather be making $50,000 while all of your coworkers make $25,000? Everybody picks the latter. So people would rather make less money as long as they're making more than the people in their Ah, their company, which is pretty crazy. That's so sad because I would have chosen the 150000 I would be happy with that. Right? And you would be like one of the rare people that would do that because most people care more about where they are in respect to the people around them. It sounds like the competitiveness where like humans, they want to be better than each other, even though, you know, we're all on the same path. Mm-hmm. And was I talking to you about this, but um, there was a thing where they were bringing in people to the cities or bringing in, you know, poor income people and putting them in like a rich neighborhood. Or was that you? So, and they were having a lot of issues, and it kind of stands back from this because it's like you're having issues because you're putting someone that doesn't have anything, you did and then they're this. surrounded yeah. by other people that have way more. I wanted to show you guys something because I thought this was also really interesting. Because in that same uh, line of questioning, they asked people, you know, out of gold, silver, and bronze, would you rather get silver or bronze? And everyone picked silver. Uh, and I don't know if you guys remember, but in the 2012 Olympics, this is Kayla Maroney. Yep, I remember. She was really famous for making that face when uh, she got silver. Yeah, we'll have to post it. So yeah, no. so <laughs> sorry, visuals on a podcast, probably not a great idea, but oh, I remember um, her. You guys can put it on your Instagram. And, you know, she was a gymnast that became really famous for making kind of a weird pouty face when she got silver and everyone thought it was so strange. Like, hey, you're getting a medal at the Olympics. You're 15 years old. You know, wasn't she upset because she had chipped? Um, I so she might have been, but they did. They ended up doing a study after that. Her face became so famous and they looked at silver medal winners, like across all sports, across all years. And they did studies with people saying, oh, like, you know, comparing a silver winner's face to a bronze winner's face. And everyone in the study was saying that the people that had won silver had like a look of pain, a grimace. So psychologically, as a silver medal winner, your mind goes to, I should have won first. Even though the bronze person was probably like, I'm so excited. Yeah. And the bronze person's mentality is, I'm so happy I got a medal. Right. I could have gotten fourth and gotten no medal. See, that's what I was going to say because I guess, man, I am really different for me. Like, if I was even in the three, I would be so happy because I'd be like, and also it's just a medal. But the fact is, I did this achievement for myself mm-hmm. and I got there to where it was like, though I would want that silver or gold, at least I did this and I did my best. Does that have anything to do with like middle child syndrome too? It's like, I'm not first and I'm not last. Like they, they're just like in the middle. Cause I know my dad, he's a middle child. Mm-hmm. He has a middle child. He, well, he, he like claims he has middle child syndrome. Like he had an older brother, a younger brother, and he was just, Duck in the middle. Yeah, because I was wondering about that along with 
why I'm just so open to being able to achieve something. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also with having a learning disability and having to work a lot harder than others. Maybe that's mm -hmm. why I have that mentality of, what, 150000 That's awesome. Or what, bronze? That's great because a lot of them don't think children with learning disabilities could achieve yeah. higher. So. Mm -hmm. But I can see your point. Like, if you're doing the same job as everybody <clears throat> and you're being offered to do that job less, that's where their mind's probably going versus, like, oh, 150000 sounds great but mm -hmm. it's like but everybody else is getting way more for the same exact job right. so I would rather be making more I than see what than you're saying doing the same uh, exact yeah job. if you pick at it like that I see yeah because you're you're like, you can't I'm just look at it black and white if you look at it that way oh interesting yeah and that's how most people's minds process things I mean if the person next to you is making twice as much money as you, you're going to feel bad about what you make, even though you might have just gotten a raise even, you know, it just, it really depends on your perspective and humans are always judging, always looking at other people to dictate and respond and figure out what their happiness level should and that's be. where we talk about social media, like people are constantly looking at that. But yeah, I think that's interesting where you do, like we were talking about the judgmental and then the competitiveness too, because yeah, you have like someone who makes more money than you or wins a higher medal than you. I wonder if the gold medal thing is like, if it's one point or one, like if it's really close and that's why they feel that way. It was and across then, the board, like no second place to... winners were always upset. They just felt they always had that about, second like, of I should have won first. What did uh, Tara Lipinski? She won a few of them. Did they? Did she ever win silver? I wonder. I always wonder because <laughs> she's always so happy. That's why I was wondering. <laughs> I guess it matters, like if your goal was to win first, that you know. But if you're like, oh, I'm mediocre, and then all of a sudden I won second, maybe. But other than that, yeah, I can see how. But it's crazy that the bronze person's not, like, they're, they're okay. Yeah. The bronze person is happy. The bronze person, just like, you know, these these studies, they were just showing people faces. They weren't saying, like, they bronze person, you know, silver. They were looking at the bronze people's faces saying, that person's happy, that person's sad. Just, yeah, like, just tell, on their faces. You can tell right now with all the golds right here, they're quiet. <laughs> and then I guess just kind of on the lines of money again, it's $75,000 is really the the amount of money you need to reach your like potential like wealth happiness, which I found so crazy because I mean, living in DC that doesn't seem like anything. Right, that's not a livable way. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even live with that and that's like with some people they would probably have to have more jobs than mm -hmm. a means to even live. And if you want a family, etc. too, that's like not I think you anything. have to have at least 75k to live in DC. And I I wonder where that stems from like where do you know where they have come up with that number well you know just from studies of people you know getting tangibly happier from raise to raise 75 is where it really levels off because it's so $75,000 is where it just levels off like you will get incrementally higher from zero to 75,000 but after that it really it doesn't really matter uh, and a big part of that is having your basic needs met. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people think they want more money, you want more things, like that's going to make them happier. But so when you can pay your bills and <clears throat> you have shelter and you have food and you're not scared from, you know, something awful happening and like having all of the cards fall, that's you have, really like, a backup plan yeah. and stuff. Then people who could buy everything and be rich, sorry for cutting you yeah, off, absolutely. but yeah, or they could buy everything and stuff. That's not true happiness. Exactly. So, I mean, if you're saying if you were making $10,000 a year, will you be happy if you make $20,000 a year? Yeah, you're going to be happier. You're going to have more of your basic well, needs met. You're going to feel safer. Um, but once you hit that $75,000, like you're going to have all of your basic needs met. I mean, even in a city like D.C., like you'll still have your basic needs met. And then after that, it's it's really all gravy because the new phones and like all the stuff that you think is going to make you happy will give you like that temporary peak. But you'll just go back to well, status quo. One thing I always <laughs> said, like, money means nothing in a way. Like, and my dad's always like, that's because you've never lived without. But I do think, like, after having, like, you just get so much. Like, there's not, you have to find other ways of happiness. Like, money only goes so far. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you can only, as you said, like, that temporary, that new phone only goes so far. Like, you have to figure out other things. I notice that too when I buy certain things, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is great. I'm so happy. And then I can't replace the actual happiness. This is just an object. You yeah, know? absolutely. I feel like I'm more happy when I have those memories, like even just seeing a concert with a friend or something and not buying anything else and being able to afford that concert ticket and make that memories better than, you know, getting a new phone at times because mm-hmm. like you said, the temporary happiness, but me seeing, say, that concert or doing something with my friend gives me all those memories still and stuff. Yeah. I feel like that's more personal. And just to circle back, like, you were talking about social media and Instagram. Um, So from 2009 to now, so in the past 10 years, 20-year-olds' depression has gotten up. 50%. 50%. I read something similar, but it was with Instagram. Actually, they wanted it to be more of like a family slash friends thing where it wasn't supposed to promote. It wasn't supposed to do all those socialites and like getting money, etc. because they noticed there was depression. Also with the likes where someone would get a hundred likes in less than two minutes etc like and they started hiding some of the likes and they're going to start to do that and they're also going to stop having you have certain ones because of the depression i'm one of those in the test group i don't see people's likes but i can still like if i log into my dad's because i like run his face or instagram i can see likes so i have i'm like i wonder how they chose why they think i i need to not see people's likes yeah because it's most interesting not to be like interrupting you, but I found that very interesting because they did say they did not want it to be a promotion thing. Mm-hmm. And they actually did want it for artists more too to connect mm-hmm. too. They wanted it for like a smaller community, not like, well, you know, I mean, like to get in touch with each other, like locally, etc. But they never, ever wanted it to be where it's almost like a magazine now where you're seeing other people getting likes and they're beautiful etc and have been happy like lives because you're right a lot of people are down in depression and even suicidal now yeah because of that so it's really sad 
Yeah. So, I mean, social media in the last 10 years has definitely blown up. And one of the things they said that I found really interesting was even if you go back 300 years, 200 years even, you know, we were people that lived in these small societies, 100 people, maybe 150, and you had your little clan. And out of those 100, 150 people, like, you could be the best at something. You could be the best fisherman. You could be the best cook. You could be the best. But now we're living in these really, like, unnatural times where we live in these big cities with countless numbers of people. And you just know, like, you're not the best at anything. There's always going to be somebody better than you. There's probably going to be hundreds of people better than you. And not only that, when you go on Instagram, you're going to find somebody who's better, prettier, more successful getting with paid. a filter. And it's like 10 and times more on their best day of their life. And it's like 10 times more like <laughs> shitty feeling because mm-hmm. you're seeing that. And also you don't realize it in your mind that it's technically, you don't know if that's truly, if they're truly happy, but you see it on there and then they're getting paid for bullshit lotions because they're yeah. trying it of course you're going to feel unsuccessful because you're like well, why didn't I do that I think another thing it's like you can't afford your <coughs> lifestyle either oh yeah most of so them it's like unattainable for the average yeah. person it really is That's it's not like normal yeah but that was interesting though that you're right though the hundreds of people like say Hannah would be the great photographer or something like that and I'd be the artist or whatever and we would have our own special thing, but now it's like, eh. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I mean, now we not only have our own, you know, DC network, but we can really have a network of the whole world if we want to. I mean, everyone's on Instagram, so it's, you know, it, it sounds like it's a really cool thing, and it is, but it can also make people really sad, make people really anxious, make people feel really um yeah like underachieving it's hurtful too in many ways it's hurtful because then you also get like that but then you also get more prone to bullying too and also like yeah so it's a great technology but it's a double-edged sword (laughs) so well now that I've talked about things that make you sad. Maybe I'll get a little bit more positive. Yeah, what makes us happy? What's the key? So, yeah. So, well, I will say the one thing is a lot of people are naturally happy, and that's that's great. Um, they actually – I'll do – sorry. I really like studies. Um, oh, don't no, worry. I love statistics. Okay. I love statistics, too, so continue. So, because, yeah, a little bit of this um, – the course and the podcast – They first go through a lot of kids, um, kids studies, children's studies, um, and sixth graders that were um, said to be very happy. Um, They the worst year of my life. Right? (laughs) Oh, gosh. You know, um, they did a study. They, like, followed them as adults, and they ended up making 10% more than the average. Um, And then they're happy in sixth grade. Yeah, self-described happy sixth grader. Uh, same, well, not same. Why were they happy, though? How could they be happy? Okay. Yeah, I mean, they just, Well, also, were they interviewed I wonder if they were in middle school versus still grade school. I feel like I would have been happier if I was in sixth grade than still in grade school. I wasn't. I was in grade school. Versus going (laughs) into middle school. Well, I had, like, a big adjustment. My mom was a teacher at the grade school. I, like, had to leave her. I knew that were with teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Eighth grade grade and sixth grade are, like, 
Dude, and then we rode the bus with high schoolers. I got offered drugs. I got, like, it was a really big, like, yeah. But go ahead with your statistics. Okay, so alternatively, sixth graders that were self-described as sad um, made 10% less than the median average. So I guess, you know, if, if you're a naturally happy person, if you're a naturally happy kid, those that's good news for you. But for the rest of the people that are like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't go back to sixth grade. Like, this is too late for me. And that's interesting because what happens if you have mental health stuff in your family and you can't always be happy? Like, Mm -hmm. that's interesting. Well, that might lead to why you make less or why you make – or, you know, like, because you're struggling in certain areas. Yeah. So, but just, um, I guess, as kind of a – there's still hope, um, even if you weren't necessarily happy in sixth grade. Um, there are a lot of ways that you can actually create happiness, improve your happiness score. Um, and if you are looking to get your happiness score, um, I would say the easiest way is probably to just go through the Coursera course. But if you don't want to do that and you just want to see it, um, there's a course called PERMA and it's about 40 questions and it'll give you a scale of what your happiness score is and then you can kind of figure out from there where you are we'll have to try that and see what our score is yeah i'm gonna type it already in so i already have it on there there you go um but so things that you can do um because it is work uh i think especially as an adult like you know you might be a person that just naturally like has more endorphins and more serotonin releases than people but life is stressful like like I said, social media stresses us out. Um, but things that you can do, and this all sounds really hokey, but I've been trying to do things um, along these lines, and I feel like it really does help, like um, with anxiety and just making you feel happier. Um, so the big things are gratitude and kindness. So gratitude is just, again, like, you know, again, it's hokey, but like counting your blessings, like thinking about your day, being grateful for what you have, being grateful for little things that happened to you that day. Um, also, like part of that is sometimes meditation. If you even just take like two, three minutes a day to meditate, it can really like calm your mind, give you time for yourself. Um, it can really help people that are like, you know, even if you are happy, like these are things that can help you still. Um, the other thing is kindness. So, a big thing, you know, they mentioned is even just like talking to strangers. Like if you've ever been on a metro and like you would never talk to anyone, like little things like I that. I think it helps. So whenever I rode the metro and we started to get realize like, oh, we're the same, like the same yeah. people each time. It made the ride a lot better when I knew the people. <laughs> okay, Kristen, this is our segment where you get to tell people what you would like to tell them. Okay, great. So as I was talking about with the science of well-being, it's a lot about figuring out things that can actually make you happy, um, but also a lot about knowing the things that maybe you think and kind of perceive will make you happy won't. So things like success, money, your job, Um, these things at the end of the day probably won't make you happy. It's surprising, but, um, it really comes down to practicing things like strengthening your relationships with people, um, that could be family, friends, children, um, and also doing things like being kind, um, being thankful and 
exercising is also a big thing. So these are habits you have to put into practice, but if you do, they can have a really big result and really impact one, your happiness, um, but your happiness also in turn really does resonate and it can affect your health. People that are happier tend to live longer. They tend to have less cold symptoms than people that are um, depressed. And it also uh, will usually um, result in higher earning potential. So you kind of think that it'll be one thing that makes you happier, like money will make you happier, but it can actually be you being happier can make you more money. Yeah, I hope everyone learned something and you guys were interested and that's oh, all I have to I say. really like that, like happiness can lead <coughs> to you like getting more things. And I, there was a meme my aunt posted kind of similar to that. It's like more in tune with yourself too in yeah. a way it sounds like. Yeah, and I and I am a firm believer. It's not like what you have. It's like being okay with who you are, and things will fall into place. Versus like, oh, I need this. I need you know this to be happy. It's never. You're never gonna. You're gonna achieve it, and then something you're gonna be like, oh, I need this to be happy now. Thank you. This is really interesting. I'm excited to listen to the podcast. Me too. Maybe I'll take the course. All right. Well, thank you for having me. And I hope if you do, you tell me what your score is and if it improves. So you take it at the beginning of the course and the end of the course. Oh, Oh, that's Mm -hmm. even more interesting. When will you be finished with the course? I've been taking it a little slow, but I should be done in about four weeks. So you can take it four more weeks. Four more weeks. Yeah, it's a ten week course. Like, do you do it at your own pace? You can. Yeah, that's what I was wanting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's good to know. Yeah, because I've been taking a couple other certifications in between, so I've been taking this one a little slow. But it is the overview. Do you feel happier? I, you know, I do. I think there, there really is something to be said. Like, even if you are kind of being kind with the intention of making you happy, like it still works. You know, even if you are doing it for selfish reasons, I think um, your mind doesn't know that. So you really benefit from everything you do that's kind of pushing you towards those happiness goals. Kindness is like one of the most uh, things that we need in our lives. Mm -hmm. While my voice goes, guys, sorry. Like Ellen's, be kind to one another. That's what I was about to say. And that's where it's like. I'll help you talk today. (laughs) Oh, it was about Ellen. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm really glad you came on. And I can't wait to listen to this podcast. I know. And maybe if you have like more points and things after you're Mm -hmm. finished with the course, you can come back on and. To a part two. Yeah, absolutely. Even, maybe even ask questions to us too. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll have some, you know, we will listen to the podcast or take the class and we'll mm-hmm. know our scores. And then we can discuss that too. <laughs> yeah. So we'll post some information about this for people. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind sending us the links and everything so we can get that and it will have it in the description of the episode. So you guys can click on that. To take the test or the class or the or podcast. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank, thank, you. Right. thank you guys. <laughs> Rachel, what did you think of that episode? I really loved it. It helped me with knowing that it's okay not to be happy, but to figure out where to go from there. And it definitely seems like a lot of steps that I could take. So I can't wait to start listening to the happiness, happiness lab. lab. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> happiness lab. What about you, Hannah? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. One thing that we need to fact check is we mentioned it was uh, sixth graders that 
were surveyed about their happiness and followed through until Joel and it was really seventh graders. And that was such a big relief to me because I would never go back to sixth grade, but I felt like I was, I'm a happy adult. I, you know, I really enjoy life. And so it makes sense because seventh grade was truly, I could go back to seventh grade. It was a really happy year. I found who I was you know, I, I probably have told a story of my brother. I was talking about how I needed certain clothes. And I was in seventh grade. I was like, I need limited too. I need this. <laughs> I need, you know, now it's justice. And my brother looking at me and was like, why don't you want to be Hannah Vickers? Like, you need to be you. You, you shouldn't want to be like everybody else. So that was sixth grade. Seventh grade happened. And I was like, I'm Hannah Vickers. And this is who I am. And no one can make fun of my clothes or whatever they want to make fun of. It's it's me and they can't touch me. And so I feel like I was really happy and I became who I am today because of that. And so maybe that is why I'm happy. I was a happy seventh grader. And I have no idea why I'm happy to be honest with you guys, because that statistic wasn't for me, even when I was in um, elementary school and uh, through high school, even it was very, very hard for me. I uh, lost uh, quite a few people I loved and not to be a downer in this happiness project, but I feel like um, learning from those experiences and bullying and stuff really helped to also have my dad and my mom to help me become the strong woman I am today. So I'm very happy and I got to do a podcast with one of my best friends. So I feel like I turned out okay too, you know, Mm -hmm. we all have to have our uh, happiness journey continue. Yeah. And I think it is something we have to work on. And as Kristen kind of mentioned, it's something you, you know, wake up and you have to work on daily. And it's very important to do that. Exactly. Especially even if it's the smallest things, you know, you're going to be able to continue with that routine and wake up and do it. And that's all you can do is do the best for yourself. Yeah. Also, I listened to the podcast and I have to let you guys know the the guy that invented ATMs, there's a whole episode about that and how he's kind of changed us from like having human contact and they yeah. semi blame the ATM and his wife has never used the ATM machine. That is really cool and awesome. I mean, I'm going to, well, I don't care if you guys know, I'm going to tell my counselor that because she said human interaction is always really. Yeah, so she refuses to use what he invented. He invented it because he was in line. Yeah. And he was like, there has to be a faster way to withdraw right. money. Yeah. So he did that, but she, I just find it funny that she refuses to use her husband's product. She's like, <laughs> but she's probably, you know, they're probably millionaires or billionaires. And so she's living off the money. So I mean, it people. works out. And then she gets to talk at human interaction interaction probably not has to wait yeah like that line happy non-talking one (laughs) right all right well we should head off and i hope that you have a great week thanks hannah bye rachel bye hannah until next week and this was what i'd like to tell people